What's Up Whittier? Welcome to What's Up Whittier, a homegrown podcast. A podcast to showcase Whittier's businesses, personalities, and hidden treasures. Christine here with this week's Community Cork Board announcements. Every Friday from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m., we have the Whittier Farmer's Market located on the corner of Philadelphia and Bright. Drop on down to check out what the Whittier Uptown Association has got cooking up for you guys this week. Um, It's really cool. You know, they have somebody new kind of running the show over there. They have raffles weekly. Um, They have a bunch of different events. They have different food vendors now. You guys should really check out the farmer's market. City elections are coming up April 10th, and we are hoping for the largest turnout ever. We will be interviewing various candidates for city council to inform you, the people, of who could choose the future for our town. For District 2, we've already recorded our episode with Henry Bouchot, and you can listen to that from last week's episode. We also have Vince McLeod, Dr. Irela Perez, and Bob Henderson coming up. For District 4, we have Lizette Escobedo. And for Mayor, we have today's episode with Rolando Cano. We have Mayor Joe Vincieri going to be on the show. And we've already recorded our episode with Raquel McLeod, which is our next one. So we really hope that you all come out for voter turnout this year. If you want to learn more about your future city council candidates, I seriously implore that you guys listen to these podcasts because... These people could run our town, and they're really concerned about different aspects of it and and your district if you live there. It's really interesting. For voter registration, visit the City of Whittier at www.cityofwhittier.org, or you can go to lavote.net. Every Sunday at 8 a.m., join Jasmine with yoga and breakfast at the Beehive. The Beehive is located at 13308 East Whittier Boulevard, Whittier, California, 90602. On Saturday, March 10th at 10 a.m. at the Doubletree Hilton, located at 7320 Greenleaf Avenue, Maternafit presents Mom Market. Their last mom market was so successful that they've decided to bring on more mom entrepreneurs together to share their talents and to inspire others. We're going to have our very own Eva Macias there, Rose Driesland there, we're going to have Evelyn Castaneda there, we're going to have Becky Rancheria Chavez there, we're going to have all the cool people there, you guys. I'm sure there are people I'm forgetting, but there are just so many amazing people in our town that empower one another, so we should all go to support. Have plans for St. Patrick's Day? Well, if you don't, Saturday, March 10th, Hungry and Whittier is having her St. Patrick's Day slosh at the Naughty Day Apron, located at 6712 Greenleaf Avenue. The ticket is only $50 for unlimited food, drink, and beer pong. Check below for that information. So I'm going to pull my phone out right now, and I'm going to go to the What's Up Whittier page, go through the Instagram feed, and say what I see, because sometimes there's so much information going on, I don't screen cap all of it, so let's see what we got. Now that I want to actually look for stuff, I just see people working out. Oh, perfect! Ancient Yoga Studio is proud to be a part of an amazing festival for Holy Festival of Colors this weekend in El Monte at Whittier Narrows. This will be Saturday, March 10th from 11 to 5 and Sunday, March 11th from 11 to 4. It's 6 bucks to enter with free yoga with some ancient yoga instructors vegetarian and vegan food and world music. This celebration in India is saying goodbye to winter and hello to spring. 
Using wonderful bright colors which we toss in the air, this celebration is for everyone. All ages are welcome. Again, you can check that at Ancient Yoga Studio on Instagram for more information. Alright guys, it looks like the commoner Uptown has that boysenberry Berlinier equation. Tasting so amazing. Per Mr. Steve Obergon. Again, you can follow them at the commoner underscore Uptown. Hey, what are you doing tonight, March 8th? Any plans? Why don't you join Michael Serrell Fitness Studio for their 49th Pay It Forward event? It's MSF Dance for Charity number two. It will be their 49th Pay It Forward event for the people of Whittier. Thousands and thousands of donated food, clothing, and toy items to local charities that have improved the lives of thousands of people in our community. Michael Serrell wants to extend a thank you to each one of you who has donated one or hundreds of items over the past 11 and a half years. Your support will always be appreciated. Hashtag MSF pays it forward. That's one thing I really enjoy about working with Mike is that he has such a great heart and you can tell that the people that work out in his studio really enjoy not only working out but you know giving together and being part of a community together. So check that out at MSF Whittier on Instagram. Congratulations to Whittier-based artist at Wayne Perry Art for being featured in the current exhibition, hashtag Melting Pot, at CAFM, which stands for um, the Craft and Folk Art Museum. Really cool. Today and every Sunday is hashtag pay what you can at the Craft and Folk Art Museum. Wayne Perry Art is currently the artist in residence. The next on-site wheel-throwing demonstration is Sunday, March 25th from 1 to 4 p.m., Again, you can check that out at Whittier Arts and Culture. Have something you'd like us to feature in the community corkboard? Tag us on Instagram, check out our Facebook at What's Up Whittier, or send us an email at What's Up Whittier Pod at gmail.com. Also, if you like this podcast and think other Whittier townies would like it, recommend it to them. If you have a friend who has never heard of Whittier because Yes, I say this every single episode, but we are landlocked people. Every time I just have to describe it like between Hollywood and Disneyland and it's the place where LA and OC meet. You know, Whittier is just such a strange town and it's strange in a great way, in a magical way. I love this town in case you haven't noticed. So we have a lot of exciting things coming up for the rest of the year and we'd like for the whole community to join us for these exciting moments because seriously guys my heart is so full so don't forget to subscribe or else you'll miss out all right enjoy this episode as much as i did i learned a lot um in this episode take it away justin remo what's up whittier what's up whittier man it sounded like i have no energy today Drink that coffee. Just could it be, all of us. Could it be the weather? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, here we're gonna all share just one cup. Community coffee. Yes, community coffee. So, we have today a special guest. Special, special, extra special, extra special. Um, special because we might be looking at our future mayor here. Dun, 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 this is this is this is good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, with that big intro, <laughs> let's uh, let's introduce Rolando Cano. Cano, correct. There you go. Um, who's uh, running for for mayor for, for the mayor. election of April two thousand eighteen? There you go. So so welcome and say hello. Hi everyone. Just want to thank everyone for inviting me here. This is uh, 
I am new to this show. Been catching up, and I like your topic, especially when you guys talk about food. <laughs> <laughs> we, we all like those topics. We <laughs> all food and yeah, adult all beverage once in a while. There you go. Awesome. So tell us. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we should just get into the talking about food. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Forget all the other things. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I should start telling you guys a bit about myself. Yeah, tell uh-huh. us uh, who you are. Yeah. Well, my name is Rolando Cano. Um, I grew up in East L.A. to the age of 16. I moved to Whittier, and I was welcomed by everyone I met. Um, I remember my first visit here to Uptown Whittier was amazing. It just I've never seen... So many trees and actual businesses, family-owned, people knew their name. I mean, it reminded me of that uh, show uh, Cheers, mm-hmm. where you walk in and everyone just knew who you were. Yeah. And I just got to see uh, just how great Whittier was from their hobby shop. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys remember Pegasus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just like walking into a candy store for me. I, I used to always like drawing. It was always into art, and it was just amazing to see something like that. And then to walk around, see the central library within walking distance. Everything was within walk, walking distance. And um, just I've always been involved. Uh, I've always taken it upon myself to always try to extend a hand to my neighbors. So I got involved with a lot of little projects that uh, the other community members were, were up to at the time, which mm-hmm. was all new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, they introduced me into local politics at the age of 16. I would go to the city hall and just listen. Um, it was a very good learning experience from some of my my mentors here in Whittier that were my neighbors but just were very friendly. I'd never seen such a diverse group of people that were so welcoming as opposed to where I came from where you were always just keeping an eye out for yourself. And here I learned to keep an eye out for others. But um, uh, I've, I have two kids I have an 8-year-old that's going to be 9, and I have a 19-year-old that's going on 20. Uh, so I have a lot a lot, a lot, lot vested in this community. I say cheese because you, you don't look that old. Oh, I'm 41. <laughs> you don't look that old, and to have a 19-year-old is just, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. We go skating together any chance we get. <laughs> Especially at the Van Skate Park. Not it's, really? Yeah, no yeah. tricks. I learned my, my, I learned my lesson. <laughs> Uh, uh, earlier we talked we have a, obviously a little conversation before we started here and I, I, I like something you said um, uh, as a parent as, as a father you know uh, you obviously grew up in, in East LA um, and growing up you know you wanted to kind of make a difference or have some kind of impact in in, in your city where in your neighborhood right sure. um, and I like that you said you know, that you're looking into trying to add some more trees and kind of, you know, <laughs> making more of a walkable, yeah. uh, family-friendly neighborhood. And I love the way you said it, though. I mean, can you repeat it? or? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I was just talking about I saw your your uh, pictures here. I, I just found out you're an architect. And I was mentioning to you that that was my original passion. Um, I wanted to learn architecture. I grew up in an area that was very industrial, you know, big buildings, you had neighborhoods embedded in between, so everything was, it was concrete. Um, the only trees I saw were brown or purple and dying, <laughs> and you had about like maybe a 10-inch, a 12-inch square, that was as close as I came to trees. I was usually taller than most of these trees, so that tells you a lot since I'm not that tall, but um, 
you know, I, I got into architecture and I started uh, learning about designing actual cities instead of the structure itself. And I saw how um, one area of the city has to support another, so there had to be a balance. And my dream was always to become an architect, come out and change my surroundings, make them beautiful, have trees, have just local shops instead of just a random liquor store here and there, um, just have something more uh, family-based. And at the age of 16, I moved here to Whittier. It was in 1993. And I was looking around thinking, like, whoa, like, there's trees everywhere. Uh, I saw possums. I was trying to pet one. Didn't know I wasn't <laughs> supposed to. But Those are my arch enemies. Right. Possums. I hate possums. Yeah, and, and deer. And, I mean, I was just blown away by the whole experience. But when I came to Uptown um, in 93 for my first time, it just I realized like my dream existed it was it was here there was trees everywhere I mean some of these trees back then just towered over some of these buildings and just to see that tight community to see that you could walk into a place and uh, they didn't know me obviously but they welcomed me and I would see them talking to other people that walking in saying hey how you doing and just these conversations about kids uh, oh did you see this new place you know they're talking about food they were talking about just um, programs in, in the in the library. So to me, it was just it was walking into my dream. I from walk, walking from a, a concrete jungle into a, a natural environment where you you just see so much cohesion in in, in the neighborhood. I mean, yeah. it's it's fully functional as one system, and I think that's what blew me away. That what I thought didn't exist. I ended up here, and I saw that it, it does exist, and it can exist anywhere. And you never left? Oh, no. I've been here, been here forever. Um, you know, my family and I, we've owned uh, that property for over 20 years now. There's uh, two houses on the lot, you know. Um, I've seen my neighbors come and go. Uh, it's sad to, to have seen some of them leave. Um, I know that a lot of people uh, who I had met that were um, – engineers in Northrop and, and um, all these other companies that I got to meet, you know, the 9-11 happened and a lot of people just lost their jobs. You know, a yeah. lot of businesses took their, you know, well, they took their business to other countries. You Now, um, my background now is aeronautical engineering. Mm -hmm. uh, thanks to some of these neighbors, they guided me away from architecture and I realized how <laughs> tough it is if you're an architect, but... Um, so I got to accomplish another dream, which was to travel. But it was it was understanding these people, you know, these neighbors that were foreign to me. You know, um, you know, in East LA, everyone's Hispanic, everyone's Mexican, and if they're not, then that's good too. But that's more of a rarity. Um, here, I saw just a diverse group of people that impacted my life. I think when when I was looking for something and. You know, they they guided me. You know, they they became good friends. And to watch them leave was just difficult. But I realized that it wasn't just my neighbors. It was throughout Whittier. There was just a, it's like the bottom fell out of it. So you saw businesses leaving. Um, I had mentioned Pegasus, that hobby shop, had everything. And to me, being into art, teaching art at the time, uh, I just thought this is an amazing place. Like, I never knew this existed. My... My art supplies came from, like, Ace Hardware. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't have anything home like Depot. that. Well, home, actually, <laughs> oh, it was uh, 
Uh, no, it was National. Uh, they had another. It was pre-Home Depot. Was, uh-huh. I think it was called National Builders. Is it? Where you well, go I to remember this... it being Home Base. Oh, oh no, no. well, I see, that was too far away from me. <laughs> <laughs> Where I was at, it was just an industrial building that yeah. sold parts. But, you know, um, it's just seeing all these changes and re- all these changes happening around me and and just growing up, traveling, seeing how this exists in other places, seeing how things change for the better and for the worse. Um, you know, it, it stayed with me. But, you know, once, uh, you know, I had my, my son and my daughter, it, it all changed for me. I um, I still think it's a wonderful place. I know that people focus on, on the crime. Um, I, I myself created a poll on Nextdoor to put it out there just to get an idea of what's the priority for a lot of people here. And so far, it's crime and homelessness, and yeah. and that's something that I grew up around. But even then, I, I realized what efforts the community would have to do to keep control of your area, to keep it as safe as you could. And here, um, when I started recognizing the symptoms, when I started looking over my back, I felt, you know what, I need to do something because um, my son and my daughter so far don't have to look over their back they get lost on their tablet or their phone. Yeah. I see kids, you know, out on Greenleaf um, hanging out, you know, nothing to do but hanging out, lost in their electronics. And I just don't want – I would hate to see them no longer paying attention to their curiosities and focusing on what's coming at them. I think that's no way to grow. Um, I got to experience that, but I think it's, it's important uh, for – the community to realize that we're not that bad off, but we need someone that can recognize those symptoms and act upon it, redirect our efforts to focus on on our communities that are that are pretty much being choked out with overdevelopment. Uh, you have just multiple multiple families living in apartments and homes. I mean, it's it's bad for everyone, but it's not worse than other places. So there is still time to just change these things. Focus on. Uh, creating local business, focus on not just something small or something corporate. You know, I know they were talking about the Cheesecake Factory possibly coming in into this building. Uh, it's it's a good idea, but when you know that the money's not going to stay here, it, it creates challenges. And when you hear people from the community or close or, or next or neighbors coming in and saying, you know what, I want to do something here, I think that helps structure more more jobs that are going to keep you here in the long run. And one of the best things that I've realized here is that the community always steps up. If you ask them to come in, hey, you know, um, I try these wings, and they're awesome. You guys should go. Everyone goes, and they become regulars. And that's yeah. one thing that you don't have anywhere else. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I think you hit all the, the, all the questions we had for you <laughs> on just that one so he's like, Get intro. Out <laughs> And that's a wrap, guys. Thank yeah. you. Uh, no, just kidding. Um, uh, so obviously we talked about, you know, who you are. Uh, we, we briefly touched on what you do for a living. I guess can you explain on, on exactly what you do for a living? Um, well, actually I have two paying jobs and another job that I just do uh, with my wife uh, and other parents. Um, I, I'm an aeronautical engineer. I, you know, get business with contracts online. Um, like I said, it's difficult to go in and work for a large company when they're outsourcing a lot of a lot of the work. What is an aeronautic 
So Aeronautical, a- uh, working with planes, okay. redesign. Um, I do a lot of research and development, coming up with new systems. Uh, luckily for, for me, LED is all the rage, which is an old system, so I understand it so well that I'm able to, to jump into different fields. Um, I know uh, from lighting systems, commercial, home, um, I like to just tinker with things. Um, but that's aeronautical engineering is pretty much playing with planes. Uh, designing, um, sometimes it's as simple as like just redrawing a, a wire, which on on a piece of paper just translates as a line. Mm-hmm. But how fun is that, right? <laughs> Here are the plans for that line. Yeah, but then there's there's other um, companies that need to do uh, burn tests where they'll ask you if you can create a system, uh, which is a unit where you put uh, whatever component they have and you apply exten- like extensive heat to it. To reach certain levels and and uh, um, mark all that down so that you can process it. Once it goes through FAA, they can certify it or not. So it's fun to burn things from time to time. <laughs> and you know, one, and one of the I think one of the greatest things for for anyone out there, especially you know the the young kids, make it a point to travel. Um, you know, away from where you are. I used to travel to Florida all the time, New York, Denver, and to see just the different. Uh, the different ways people live, it's amazing because you realize how special your surroundings are when you see the, the differences out there. There's communities out there that are so, live so far apart that the only place that they have to talk is like the local bowling alley or the local bar or the local diner. Yeah. Uh, but overall, there's, there's no cohesion. And here in Whittier, I mean, you technically can get anything. I just found out you can even get an architect here that'll you design your buildings. But and do a good job of it. There right? you yeah. go. <laughs> but you you do have, you know, uh, you do have. If you have that opportunity, I would suggest it, especially if you guys ever get the chance to fly right when the sun's about to set. Especially if you're coming from Florida, because I guarantee you've never seen. Such a long sunset. You'll be flying you're chasing it, right? and you're chasing, chasing it, it yeah. and it is the most beautiful experience out there. But those are the things that I notice. I notice these little things here um, in Whittier. Um, but like I said, that's one of the things that I do. Uh, the other thing that I'm doing is I I work part-time as a security director at Steve's Barbecue. So if you guys ever pass by, you'll see me out front. Okay, I yeah. train some of the guys that go through there. That's right, Sonia. Okay, Rolando. I went to Steve's a few weeks ago, and I was like, why does this guy look so yeah. familiar? I, I don't know. And then it didn't occur to me until after I left. I'm like, oh, my God, that's Rolando. He's going to be on the podcast. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I, I recognized her, but I was waiting to see when she yeah. would. <laughs> you didn't want to call her up. There you go. And it's it's always fun. You know, it's always fun to to get to work in a, in a place like Steve's. Um, for me, it allowed me an opportunity to go back to school. Uh, so I take classes here and there. I like working um, with my community, but um, I'm also a, a special needs advocate. Uh, we're just a grassroots group. We call ourselves um, Square Two because we believe we should never start back in square one. Yeah. And um, I, because of, of being involved with parents and helping them out with their IEPs, with understanding the system, I, um, I decided to run for school board in the last election. Um, met a lot of wonderful people, and I got to learn how connected Whittier is. But because my scope, I feel, um, it extends um, far out from just school districts, I wanted to take an opportunity to run and challenge the current mayor 
Um, I think that our leadership has done a great job so far as far as as keeping a system where the community matters. But after a while with technology and with changes that, that happen that they may not necessarily understand, I think that new, new people have to come in and at least voice their, their concerns, at least come out and try to draw more attention to an election. It's not... Um, it benefits no one when when you have one person running or two people running that have already been on, on the council for one position because in the long run it's going to be the same outcome. You know, it's uh, they've been there for many years. I know Mr. Henderson has been there in politics here since 76. I mean, I was born in 76. So it lets you know <laughs> how how much work they've done but where they might be lacking now. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I I notice the symptoms of crime and different little things that are starting to happen. And because they're from here, I feel that maybe they might not see the same red flags. So that's why I decided to just come in, um, start voicing my concerns, talking to the public, and trying to get more of a turnout for, for our election. So you mentioned a couple of those things. What is there any other issue or concern that kind of got you off the fence and said, you know what, this is the year that I'm I'm going to run? You know what? Um, one, one of the biggest concerns that I guess brought everything to light, that aligned everything was, um, well, it's always been education. I think uh, when I when I see what other cities are doing, how they struggle, and the accomplishments that they're making, and then here having my kids involved in school, and I see where um, where there's some deviation. It's almost like they the city tends to create a small um, association or committee. If an issue comes up, then they'll create another committee to resolve the problem. And when I started looking into it, I some things didn't make sense. I just thought, well, usually LA County will do this or, you know, Montebello or you know, you, you have different cities that that take different action but there's always um involvement from from the council or from, you know, the local government. And here in Whittier there is involvement but it's different. I realize that um everything has is processed through a separate entity which is a, a committee or a non profit or an association. And when I started seeing that, I started following, you know, following the breadcrumbs right up to City Hall. And then when I started noticing our surroundings, uh, the homeless, you know, increasing, and I started talking to them, being in front of C's Barbecue from 9 to 2 in the morning, four days a week, you become friends with a lot of these people. Uh, talking to them, realizing that the situation is not simple, but when I found out that Whittier offers no social services, Yet people complain to to you know the local uh, representatives. They tell them, you know what? There there's homeless coming into my yard. There's homeless sleeping behind my business. You know they're everywhere. Do something. And I've been to some of these meetings where they'll respond and say, we're looking into it. We're doing something. But then realizing that we're not Whittier's not part of the game. There there is an association that deals with the funding that Alley County sends to deal with the homeless, but then that's distributed to nonprofits 
by grants or by presentations. So to me, it's it's a waste of time if you put responsibility on another entity. Because for me, it's just, if I'm going to do something, if I'm going to take care of my yard, I have to take care of it. I can't pay someone else to do it and then expect me to like the results. And here I believe that um, without having leadership that works directly with the community that offers some degree of social services so that they can be a leader, play a leadership role, then you kind of can't, as an official, you can't really complain and you can't make promises. You can't say, well, we are going to help your business out or we are going to help you in your home. We'll take care of this homeless situation. Um, when I've gone and spoken in front of the city council meetings, I, I've mentioned my concerns with new motels, where, with new structures that might make it, hopefully, but if they don't, then they become a haven for homeless or for, other, for, or for crime. And one of the, the, the biggest issue there for me is just I feel competent enough to come in. I feel that I understand the system that Whittier's created. And I'm not one that wants to come in and say, let's break it all apart, let's start over. I'm thinking there's a wheel that exists. I've seen it. I've seen how great Whittier can be, but you have to have someone that's going to be realistic and come in and say, okay, I cannot pass on responsibility to someone else. I have to come in and I have to take a leadership role and say, okay, if we have 33 nonprofits dealing with the homeless, then how can we not handle the homeless situation in, let's say, a commercial area? Because this is visible. This is out in the open. Yeah. Greenleaf, you see them walking them all the way. Then we have our trails, but there's no security, and we have families that walk there. When a crime happens, I've seen it myself. The police are chasing people. These people are very well organized. They know their way back to unincorporated. They go through the trails. And they get away. Uh, and the other thing, too, is that, um, you know, I, I like to go to a lot of local businesses. I like to go to a local barber. Um, I don't really like to leave Whittier. My wife complains all the time, let's go somewhere else. But I really like it here. But when I talk to business owners, uh, for instance, some of you may know the, the Dollar Tree on Whittier Boulevard. Mm -hmm. When there's an issue there, Whittier PD gets called out. They come in and... I've seen this happen where a homeless person will walk across the street that is now considered unincorporated, and the police will stay there, they look around, they take a report, and then they leave. But they don't approach this person because this person is now an unincorporated. So my issues are why aren't we working with other cities to, to ensure that, that we're taking control of something that happens even if it's in, in an unincorporated area. And if you guys, guys look up on any of the apps that are around the detailed crime, what's happening around your city. There's hardly any reports that happen from the city itself of Whittier on any of these apps. They don't self-report or very little reports. And people that report these crimes, um, it shows that there's an increase around all our unincorporated areas. So they come, you know, the crime comes in, things happen here, and then they quickly leave. And we're limiting our attention to just pretty much patrolling. You know, I would like to see a, a Whittier where you have our Whittier PD walking down Greenleaf. If they were to walk through there, you'd see less people hanging out, um, you know, invoke that curfew. I, I wouldn't want my 16-year-old hanging out in Uptown after 10 o'clock. Yeah. But this stuff happens. So it's just, you know, you can go on and on on, on just all the problems that are occurring in Whittier. 
But I think that in order for Whittier to see things in the right light, we have to understand that since Whittier offers no social services, we're not part of that game. There's nothing in reality that we can do until we step in and say, we're going to take charge, we're going to start focusing this and start registering these people that are out here to give them actual help and and start coming up with a solution. But no solution and taking no part, I mean, that leads to nothing. So we have to change that. So now you gave me a hint. So anytime I'm doing anything bad, I'll just jump across the county line. <laughs> right? <laughs> that that sounds insane. Like that would you would think that a cop would say, you know what? I my, it's it's one thing if you're you know it's a border mm-hmm. you go to Mexico and you do that I can see that yeah but come on like that's, that's no that's and, and that's and that's that's the level that was my reaction yeah. when I first found out and my first reaction was disbelief I thought yeah. you know what that can't happen. And then I saw it happen again because, like I said, I go mm-hmm. to the barbershop across the street from – I'm not going to plug any names, yeah. but across the street from Dollar Tree on Whittier. And, you know, you go to El Atacor, you see things happening, but that area belongs to – well, the, the the officers that show up to any – any Yeah, it's sheriffs. And the thing is that, you know, we, um, we have a lot of cities that are working together. It's come out in the paper. They're saying – we're working with our neighbor city to deal with the homeless problem or with the crime. Here in Whittier, we're quoted in the Whittier Daily News as saying, you know, Whittier hired their own local um, consultants. And then that, that was it. And then they focused on the plan on what Montebello is doing, what Pico Rivera is doing, what all these other cities are doing. And the thing is that for us, I mean, it's good that we've isolated ourselves and protected our residents to keep and maintain our, our family environment. But it's... That ended a few years ago. Now we see a crime wave. We see people trying to uh, break into your homes, home invasion, uh, kidnappings of kids right down the street. And the thing is that action has to be taken now. And I, and I don't really believe that it's the police officers themselves, but every city gives a directive. you know, And the directive comes from our leadership. So for me, it's, it's important. It's vital for my kids and anyone else that hangs out here in Whittier to refocus that attention on where we know the problems happen. You know, we know that Uptown Whittier has, you know, a lot of homeless that are here. There's a lot of support. And I'm actually happy that we have so many um, nonprofits that are trying to deal with the situation. But if they're all pointing in different directions, running away from each other, it's going to be difficult to really cause any type of change. And when I hear people say, well, what can you do about the homeless? I I can honestly say with full confidence I can give you a solution because I know enough to know that Whittier is not giving you any option by not being part of the system. So you have to come in. You know, it's good that they have an association, but why not just deal with it yourself and say, you know what, these nonprofits are doing this, they're doing that. Let's focus on them. Let's empower them. You know, I hear about First Day all the time. They're doing great things, but we have the churches that have been doing it forever. Yeah. And we just need that support. Can we talk about your your idea for the, for ending with the or oh, not ending, but dealing with? with oh, of course, of course. So, what are your what are your thoughts? I mean, what's the? Uh, I know we're going off topic, but yeah. uh, or off the agenda. But agenda, okay. but <laughs> but I, I mean, it, it is one of the big topics that yeah. you hear about um, throughout the city. Whether yes. you're a business owner or a property owner, mm-hmm. um, it's always the same issue. Um, so what would be your your ideas or suggestions to 
uh, working on, on improving that? Well, look, uh, in, in all honesty, I think um, there was a plan that was initiated years ago, and it was the Uptown Development. Um, we, well, when I say we, I mean Whittier. Is I just that's how committed I am. Um, there was supposed to be a development down Greenleaf, Bright, Washington, um, you know, just all these surrounding streets. And part of that was supposed to take care of a lot of these empty lots that just got left after the earthquake. All these developments that were supposed to occur never happened. It, the plan deviated. And then there was a connection down Whittier Boulevard where they were supposed to, Greenleaf was supposed to connect to Whittier Boulevard, Painter, have it all developed, but we've not seen that. It's all been deviated, but the money has been put in. Um, we have uh, the Uptown Association that, you know, deals with the businesses. People pay th- their part to have certain services, but things get deviated all the time. And with that deviation, we've opened the door to the homeless situation and the gang situation. Here on Greenleaf, I can I can tell you for a fact that there are three gangs that are fighting for um, – not directly fighting, but they are pulling customers. They're pushing heroin. They're pushing uh, crystal meth. And pot, I think, is just, uh, you know, that's the sign of the times. They go to dispense or whatever. But you see it around here. Um, you see the homeless that are actively drinking on the street. You see people camping out. Um, I know they need a place to stay, but even where they're staying, it's not safe. And without having... The city start pushing forward with this development, and at the same time having that those police officers that are walking down the street or cycling down the street to have that interaction with with the business owners in the community, then you're not able to identify the the problem. For me, I think that if if I were to win as mayor or whoever wins, I would like to see them come in, have a meeting, have a meeting with all our nonprofits. start setting ordinances saying you know you're here you're doing this much we recognize this this is how much you're doing we want the community to know what you're doing so we want to showcase your efforts after that moment categorize what they do some of them housing some of them work with um, women and children some of them work with runaway kids some of them are working directly with with, uh, people that are addicted to drugs they don't have to be homeless but they're working correct Running, creating a system with these entities, running the homeless through a system to try to get them the help that they need. But they would want to have to have that help. Uh, but overall, I think we'd be able to eliminate the ones that are, they really don't want any help and the ones that do, and then create an action to try to support or correct the problem on, on the homeless or the gangs that are causing all these problems. But there has to be some kind of meeting of the minds where, you're figuring out what you do specifically. Although they all deal with homeless, there's something specific that they do different from everyone else. And with this community, I think that we'd be able to see less and less homeless out here, to identify who your local homeless are and who the homeless that are coming from the outside in. Uh, We also have to focus on um, rehab centers. I know um, here in Whittier, I know we have some some centers that that try to support uh, people that are having substance abuse problems. But in other cities, like in L.A. County, you get homeless that are being bussed in because California offers, um, through their Medi-Cal or Medicaid, offers that kind of support. 
free of charge to the person. So people have come in, they go through the system, they run out, you know, they reach their limit, and then they stay here. And I've actually spoken to some of the homeless here on the street, younger guys, who've told me that they've taken Uber, they've gotten um, money to take an Uber here to Whittier. They give them a selection of five cities. Whittier is one of the cities that would help them out. In La Mirada, they help them out. Uh, there's uh, Hacienda, then you, then it's Anaheim, and it jumps into Orange County. But the fact that we're in the middle, we get some of these people that are being sent to us because it's a nice place. There's support. And, I mean, I, I can't blame them. If they're going to get assistance, yeah, they're going to come here. But the system gets a little shady, and I would like to try to have more communication with the rehab centers here and ensure that that's not happening, that they're not just running them through a system uh, you know, to make some money and get them out. And I'm not accusing any any uh, rehab centers here or any other entity here of doing that, but just knowing that there is that much support. There shouldn't really be um, as much of a problem as we currently have. Mm-hmm. You know, 33 nonprofits, 32 or 33, I believe. I mean, that's, that's a lot of nonprofits for a small town. Um, the way I see it, if you can sustain 33 nonprofits on one sole issue and other nonprofits, then we're doing pretty well. We just have to organize these people. And I can guarantee you that upon uh, working with these other uh, entities, we'd be able to see a difference within a month. I mean, that's how much, um, how separated these groups are that I see change within a month. And you you see great changes with large nonprofits in LA by Skid Row. You have about six nonprofits that are directly there that work with them. They're big, so they don't have to have multiple. And it's a problem there. But if any of you have visited, you see how many homeless are there. Mm-hmm. We don't have that problem here, but we can. We can lead to that problem if we don't start taking action now. And it's not about kicking the homeless out. It's just it's about introducing them to a system that's going to function. Yeah, it, it's a, it's you're, you're talking about you're talking about trying to you know uh, integrate them into the community, right? And make sure, sure making sure that when they do integrate into the community, that that they're uh, they're able to uh, essentially kind of pitch in, right? Uh, um, kind of carry their load. I just saw um, an article somewhere. Um, I don't know if it was on Facebook or or uh, on the web. Where they were talking about uh, other cities uh, and how they deal with their homeless, and uh, I was always I would always joke around saying that we should hire them, we should put them to work. You know, they're spending so much time sitting at a bench, might as well have them, you know, paint the bench. Give them a paintbrush. You know? Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, I always joked around, joked about that. Um, but then this article came out, and that's what what are the, what these other cities are doing. They're actually putting them to work. Yes, they put them. Um, uh, you know, they put them to start cleaning the streets, you know, sidewalks, and and uh, get invested in the community. Yeah, and, and but they also go aside from you know getting a having a job, right? Mm-hmm. They help them go through a program where uh, you know, depending on what issues they have, whether it's mental issues or, or, or you know, uh, drug addiction or or just you know they had you know some some bad luck and and they ended up where they were at. You know, they help them kind of you know. Uh, Get build up their life again, and uh, so when they're ready to move on, they at least have you know some some background, some positive background, because some of these also have some negative background, uh, um, and now they're able to get employed by somebody. Um, 
again, it's it's a far stretch, but but I think uh, you know it's something that man. It, it, again, it sounds a little awkward, right? Because mm-hmm. because you want you think why would you want to hire somebody who you know is just kind of laying around and not doing anything? But uh, I don't know. It might be. Uh, it might be worth a shot. Yeah, and we do have uh, nonprofits that do that. We have um, a church down the street on Hadley and uh, um, Greenleaf that has a free store. And they ask you to sign up, donate things, and people are able to go in, no questions asked, and get uh, from furniture to clothes. Uh, they even offer um, uh, areas where people can go and set up if they're trying to start a business, whether you're homeless or not. As long as you sign up, they work with you. Um, but one of the funny things that you mentioned, you know, I have read a lot of those articles on the small, like the tiny homes and, and all these mm-hmm. uh, things that they're trying to do for the homeless. But um, I remember reading an article about uh, Mr. Knoll. He had created the first day, and I had read that he was going to be receiving, I believe it was like 40000 to get to become a consultant for Whittier to give us ideas on how to deal with the problem. And when I was reading that out loud to my wife, because I was just like, wow, that's a lot of money. My daughter said, I have an idea. Can I get paid? And I'm like, well, what's your idea? And she said, you know what? I would like there to be like a, a place where where the homeless can work. And then when they're done working, they can take food from there. They can take things. And maybe, you know, maybe not live there because there's not a lot of room. And But maybe have like a little box where they can take keep their things and, you know, just have a place for their things. So, because I would hate to lose my toys and not have a place for my things. But I just thought, you know what? Why don't you get forty thousand dollars? Well, hers would send the invoice over to where yeah. it'd be thirty nine thousand nine nine hundred ninety nine. But but the thing is that those those are the solutions that a community would come up with. Yeah, uh, we we get outraged and we get angry, especially if we have to deal with a homeless person, which uh, my family and I we've had to deal. Uh, it was a just an intense situation. But the reaction of, of the police department and everyone around us was like, well, there's not much you can do. They're homeless. Yeah. But with us, it was just like, well, we're not calling because they're trying to get in. We're calling because it's obviously something's wrong with the person. Yeah. But, yeah, it just ideas like that, I think that they need to be explored. And we have enough support with these nonprofits that there's no reason why we can't put them to work. Really give them a fresh start. Um, get them to the system. Not everyone's going to want to be a part of it. And... You know, eventually get Whittier on the ball and have them start providing some of these services because social services is not just for the homeless. It's also for the elder. It's for just families in need. And and we need something local like that to start um, creating these ideas like like the idea you just had. I mean, that's that's wonderful. That's what we should be doing. Yeah. You know, we are small enough where we'd see the change automatically. Right. Sorry, Rolando. We're gonna we're gonna run through these questions because <laughs> we're trying to we're trying to limit everybody here. No, um, I mean you've kind of you really touched yeah, on everything we wanted to ask you. Yeah. Um, I think it gives a, a a good sense of where you're coming from and what you where you're trying to go with with um, running as a candidate there. Um, one question we have for you is uh, is what would you do to encourage more business in the area? Or in the city in general, because you're, you're yeah, going you know what in Whittier um, overall, you have a lot of corporations that are you know it's it's easy for them to come in. They have the back the backing to come in. Uh, you know your WalMarts, your McDonald's, um, you know just all these entities that are that are, that know that there's money in Whittier. But I think that there should be um, if you're a local resident, if you have the right backing, obviously there are certain uh, certain things you have to meet. 
But I think there should be a process where it would be um, a little easier for you to try to open up a shop or bid for a location. I think that being on the same playing field a, as a corporation gives uh, you know our local residents the opportunity to start their own business. Because once it starts, you know you're you're either going to like it or you don't. But if you do, I mean, you're there for life, like Jacks. Jacks has been there forever. It's a wonderful place. It's open all you know all day. Then you have here the alumni. I mm-hmm. mean. It just opened up, but their wings are awesome, and it's just word of mouth travels fast here in Whittier. But I think overall creating uh, more support for the local business to put them on the same playing field as a corporation would encourage local business uh, people to come in and start their own shops, printing. I would love to see more art galleries. I'm a big uh, promoter for arts in school, outside of school. I've taught many different types of art. from uh, urban art to uh, Japanese animation. So I used to love the Bluebird here, Wolf Gallery. You know, you want these establishments opening up again, having places for the kids to hang out. I like that uh, chilling. I love that my daughter loves to go there. You know, we're there with her, eight years old. But at the same time, these type of businesses need to expand. And I would also like to see businesses like, um, you know, like Turnbull's Tavern, uh, you know, uh, Steve's Barbecue, um, you know, the Havana House. I would like to see more expansion of those type of, of restaurants, um, but kind of change the rules a bit where if they're going to have live performances, you know, live bands and close at 2, um, then they should start at 10 so we could in- invoke a curfew to get the minors out of the street like it used to be. Then come in and have the adults come out, be able to hang out, nothing crazy, but adding more businesses like this would create... Um, less problems because here if if one or two places are open at two in the morning everyone wants to go in there and you have you have problems coming from that you know people getting aggressive but over i I would like to see an expansion of more restaurants more local hangouts for the kids especially in the daytime Um, i like that there's uh, starbucks but you know i like some of our other local places like uh, monarca and uh, lyft i mean you know local fixture I love their breakfast in the morning. Mm-hmm. But seeing things like that, I think, creates a stronger community than, than getting in a, a Walmart or or another um, Big Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Got it. Okay, we have uh, maybe one, two more questions. Um, if if elected, what, what can residents expect uh, of you and your you as mayor? You know what? The first thing I would like to focus on is highlighting the great things Whittier has. I think we've been focusing far too much on on the negative. Um, I mean, there are a lot of things that are happening, but we, when you read comments or you hear people saying, oh, you're from Whittier? Like, oh, you know, that's ghetto or, you know, something mm-hmm. along those lines. Um, it's a shame that we're, we're forgetting the accomplishments of what Whittier has. Um, I would like to see more showcasing. I mean, I would personally love to showcase our local businesses. We used to have the Uptown Whittier Festival. I think we should bring that back, have it where we're not asking for outside um, vendors, where we're actually asking our local business people to come out, and it should be free of charge. I, I believe that wholeheartedly because, you know, this is our life force. Local business keeps the city going. So doing things like that, showcasing teachers in different districts, showcasing our parks, 
We have, I think it's uh, Gerardo, Gerardo Park, right um, near the 605. I mean, that's pretty much an abandoned park. It's a beautiful park. It has a little school next to it, handball courts. I mean, we should have, when we have the um, concerts at the park, we should have it at, at um, Palm Park. We should really focus on on this side of Whittier, which is, you know, the 90601, 90602. You know, we need to start bringing the people out showcasing and reminding them why this is such a wonderful place, the best educational systems. Although everyone's struggling and I want to see more, but I think that the city has to take charge and demand more from the schools, from the districts, and in exchange highlight what we've accomplished, you know. So that I think that would be the first thing everyone would notice would be how I would be showcasing what we currently have to bring us back to that feeling of, yes, I live in Whittier. This yeah. is my town. So, so what are your thoughts on the Nellis development? Um, you know what, that I've been following that for for ages. Um, I have originally, I understood that they weren't allowing certain developers to come in and knock down all these homes because some of them in this and the Fred Sinels were, um, I believe, they said a hundred years old. And I know that Whittier is a historical society. So I thought, you know what, good for them. They're trying to incorporate that area, knock those walls down, and just make it livable, make it into part of our community. But then hearing that there was a three-way settlement, that they're going to knock it down, and their plan of having uh, businesses in there, a park, and then residencies, that reminds me of L.A., and I've been to L.A. many times Um and when you go to some of these places, like the farmer's market or just some of these places that are already developed that way, it always feels like you're an outsider coming into someone else's neighborhood. So I think that um, the simple fact that they're deciding on just getting it, tearing it all down and rebuilding is a shame because we do have some history there. And being a historical society and, and just allowing that to happen, I think it's, it's a huge shame. But then to develop it in such a way to enclose and create a smaller community, that doesn't make sense to me in the overall of Whittier. You know, we've always strived to be a community, and to have it the way that they've presented it doesn't seem to fit in that that area. You know, you do have a lot of people racing by. You know, it's it's kind of open, um, closer to to businesses and industries that. It might create problems. It might be okay, but yeah. Okay. So should we wrap it this up with the last two uh, questions, questions that we have here? Yeah. Well, if you're out walking around or driving around Whittier, um, where maybe are some of your favorite restaurants, shops, bars? Oh, I got I got a list here. <laughs> <laughs> like I said when I came in here, you know, I know you guys talk about food, and I have an excellent palate from from. Uh, Whiskeys, beers, food, I mean, I, I can taste the notes. Um, right now, my family and I, we got a big old, just we love alumni. Their, their wings on Wednesday, 69 cents, are awesome. I, it's And it's not too crowded because it's new. So, you know, it's good to go in there and get service right away. Um, I also like that TNL and uh, uh, chicken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're dollar Tuesdays and Fridays. I mean, <laughs> you can't beat that, and they're great. Yeah. Um, but one of the older establishments here is like 6740. Um, if you guys have ever eaten there, I like how um, – I've met the owner a few times, and he's a vegetarian, but I like how he fuses his food, you know, with whatever he makes. 
And every time I go in there, I always get the, I think it's called like the line, line eight or line 10. It's just this sandwich with nothing but vegetables and fries. They always look at me weird when I order the fries. I'm like, I'm not on diet. I just, <laughs> I really, really like that Good sandwich. sandwich yeah. But you have any other food, it just has exceptional flavor. Um, you have the must, um, the, what is it? The musty, rusty monk. Rusty monk. Yeah. I've been there twice. Really good, but my kids, they're not into that. Yeah, so it's limited. Um, I like uh, Turnbull's Tavern, awesome service. You get some the chorizo fries there. You know, at Steve's, I like their um, chile verde fries. Mm-hmm. Baca Burger's really good, too. You know, it, you can't really go wrong here. You know, it's just uh, Pizza Mania. I mean, who doesn't know Pizza Mania? You go in there, it's awesome. But, you know, you just have so many places here. And, like, by where I live, I like um, the stinking crawfish. is great. Uh, you have El Buen Gusto there. I mean, you can't go wrong here in Whittier. You have so many just different flavors. You can have Mexican in, like, 30 different places here, and it will always be different. Nice. But I think overall I like the smaller places because they give you that spice that no one else is going to have, and you're not going to find it anywhere else other than Whittier. Yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's a unique flavor. So if um, if there was anything that's missing here in Whittier, what would it be? I think what's missing is um, well, our, our library. I think that it's missing that support. I Where I grew up in East L.A. and, and even just living here, I've always seen the library as, as the backbone of any city. Um, being the oldest library here well the second oldest the first one got knocked down but the 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 second oldest library here and to not have that support um to not bring that attention on how how needed that that place is just for the whole community i remember going to different events there from puppet shows readings um a lot of little events and i would see a lot of people going to that area but after the the courthouse closed down well, the court building, and then not getting that that support, that measure out that, for mm-hmm. it not passing, mm-hmm. I I think is just it knocks the energy out of a lot of people that depend on that. Um, a lot of us go to like the Sorensen Park uh, Library. You know, you go to um, South Whittier, and they're LA County. They're nice. They're putting a lot of money in there, but really here in Whittier, I think that having that allows new families to meet and bond and create a stronger community without that um, you kind of just have people running in different directions and I think overall that's where Whittier is now everyone's going in different directions and the people that are trying to bring attention to it trying to uh, just say hey, you know what it doesn't have to be a big deal we don't have to destroy that system let's just do this and it, it should be fine you know we'll help but it just seems to go on deaf ears so I think having the Whittier library though um, the central library develop, support it, not necessarily knock the building down and build something new, but just, I mean, it's a big building, but just build upon it, I think would allow the community to grow stronger. I've seen it in other cities here. I've seen it in the past, and there's no excuse as to why we can't take care of it as a city. It shouldn't go on a bond. We have plenty of funding here in Whittier from businesses like Matrix Oil, from just, you know, banks. We, we, if we ask, I believe that they would help. You know, I know that they understand this is the type of community that would help each other out, yeah. so they would step in. Well, I got a guy who could help. His name is Remo. 
Yeah, yeah, he, he'll fund the whole library project. And put a, a plaque. <laughs> <laughs> put a big plaque with his name on it. Uh, Rolando, thank you. Thank you for yeah. coming on. Um, I mean, it's. Uh, I, I like I like the ideas you got. You know, it's uh, definitely yeah. looking at looking at it from a different perspective. And I think that's the beauty about about having a bunch of candidates um, uh, from different backgrounds going after you know these specific seats, because your personal experience is different than the guy next to you or the person next to you, mm-hmm. and you guys will both come up with different solutions for the same problem. Yes, and uh, and when you can get two people to agree on something. Um, that's gonna better whatever that issue is, um, or solve that issue. I think that's where your community really, uh, uh, all that strength within the community really shows. Yeah. Um, and I think Whittier has, um, it really has that 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 feeling or that sense of uh, of of people really wanting to do good things. You know. Yeah. Um, and it's not. I mean, we said we talked about this earlier. It's, it's not. It's not because. We want to make things better for ourselves, mm-hmm. but it's really making things better for for the people behind us, right? Yeah. Which in our case, you know, we have kids, you know, the kids for their the kids of our kids, and so on. Um, which I think that's the way everything was originally planned, anyways, right? Yeah. Somebody came and said, you know, I'm going to put this library because I want my kids to read. Well, then those kids came up and said, we're going to improve it because I want my kids to continue that legacy, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I think you're right. I think it's uh, it shows that that uh, this community here, um, when you put them together, uh, you can really see a really good outcome. So, um, and it all starts with the good leadership. Right? Oh yeah, having somebody with the vision to be able to guide them in the right direction. Um, and I think listening helps too. You have yeah. to have people that are are going to listen to each other, and even if they don't agree, are able to work with it. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Rolando, how do people get a hold of you and uh, and follow you and connect with you? Uh, you know what? You can um, find me at, on Facebook under Rolando Cano. Uh, you might stumble upon my uh, – when I was running for school board, I still keep it up because I like to get information out there um, under Rolando Cano for mayor, um, for Whittier mayor. Or you can call me directly at, at my phone number. Is that right? Sure, yeah, of course. It's uh, 562-762-2227. And if I don't answer right away, it might be because I'm driving or because I'm playing something with my daughter. <laughs> but um, I, I I always call back. Um, I'm already doing that. Um, that or my my email, which is uh, rcano76 at yahoo.com. But I'm always accessible. Um, here, if you're in Uptown, you'll find me in front of Steve's Barbecue, you know, saying hi to everyone uh, four days out of the week. But Overall, you know, just reach out. I think more than anything, um, even if someone doesn't win, it's always good to to strengthen your bonds with your neighborhood. And if anyone has any questions, um, I, I am a special needs advocate. We like to help out. We don't charge anything because, you know, it's helping neighbors helping neighbors. So um, anything you might need, you know, feel free to contact me. I'm disposable to a, any needs that I can, I can help in. Sounds good. And, again, we'll put... We'll put all that information on the show notes. So uh, for people listening, 
if they want to follow you and then learn a little bit more about you, they can, they have a place to go and, uh, we wish you the best, you know, awesome. it's, uh, Thank you. it's, uh, it's definitely going to be a good race. Sure, um, man. and I think, like you said, at the end of the day, whoever wins, I think, uh, we just need to work together and, and, and get things, uh, moving in the right direction. So. Yeah, and I do say one thing, just everyone get out there and support local business. You know, we don't want to see our people we've known for years just leaving because they can no longer afford yeah. some payment. You know, get, remember that we have great places to eat here. I know you guys have eaten in a lot of places here. Just yes. about every place. <laughs> yeah, so. Well, not the wing place. Rolando, thanks thank again. Thank you so much. Hey, thank and, you, And, uh, again, we wish you the best. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye, Whittier. Bye, Whittier. Bye, Whittier.